Good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing good. I don't know about you, but I am doing good. This is, uh, this is the day that we celebrate the Lord's Supper. I'm so excited to do that with you all today. If you're new here, my name's Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Center. If you're joining us online, again, welcome. We're glad you're here. As a matter of fact, it is the Sunday that we celebrate the Lord's Supper, so if you are online, if you would maybe grab some juice and some crackers or something that you could take later with us, that would be absolutely awesome. The ritual of the Lord's Supper is actually the only thing that while Jesus was on this planet, he instituted. Now, he affirmed baptism and made some adjustments to it, but the Lord's Supper is actually the only thing that he instituted. We have confession, we have the laying on of hands, we have the anointing of oil, we have all these other practices in the early church. But Jesus instituted just one thing, and that was the Lord's Supper. And it's because of that that it makes it so unique. And it's why we celebrate it. It's why we um, take this moment in our, our service together and we remember what Jesus has done for us. And the more I study the Lord's Supper, the more it seems to me like a diamond that's spinning in the sun. And with each twirl, there's a different sparkle. There's a different facet of it. And it's deep in its meaning and rich in its symbolism. And so over the next year, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, on the first Sunday of each month, we are going to look at one of the facets of the Lord's Supper to really be able to um, relish the meaning behind why we gather like this. In today's facet, we're going to look at how the Lord's Supper is like the Incarnation. And the Incarnation is actually from a Latin word meaning uh, incarne, in the flesh. And after a few years of Zoom meetings, in the flesh has a whole new meaning to it. We are, um, when we gather together, it's an incarnation. We are in the flesh with one another. And that is what it means when we think about the Lord's Supper. It is a reminder to us about the incarnation. And the biblical definition of the incarnation is found in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, 
This is part of the incarnation. The light didn't shine into the darkness, but the light was in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. In other words, Jesus came and he was among us, not just above us shining in, but with us shining out. That's what it means to be incarnated. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word which we established earlier was God. And the word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. I love how the message translation says, moved into the neighborhood. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, Father full of grace and truth. Glory can kind of be a strange word, but what it means is your essence. In other words, Jesus brought the essence of the Father to us. God the Son dwelt among us. And actually, in the incarnation, Jesus not only became man, not only dwelt among us, as you might expect God to do, God could have created a shield around himself. He could have made himself um, invulnerable, but that's not what he did. He actually became like one of us. He had the same issues physiologically as we did. It says that he was hungry. We know that, that he endured pain. So it wasn't just that God came down as this superhuman being, but no, he actually became one of us. Feeling what we feel, hurting the way we hurt, crying, sorrow, pain, sweat, agony. And actually in the scriptures, the body of Christ represents three things. When you read about the body of Christ, it's, it's three things. And I want to start with the first thing. It is the historical, physical body of Jesus. The body of Christ is the historical, physical body of Jesus. And so, let's read what the scriptures have to say. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He didn't ask to be healed. He asked to be made clean. You see, because this man might have had a wife and a family, this man was now pushed outside of the city. He could no longer be with his family because he was unclean. Can you imagine your wife or your husband all of a sudden being removed from you? 
still alive, but you couldn't go near them anymore. You could no longer hug them. You could no longer kiss them goodnight because you're unclean. He said, you can make me clean. And so it says that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched them. He could have healed him with a word. He could have snapped his finger, waved his hand, but he didn't. It says he touched him. Why? Because that's the incarnation. He's in the flesh. He's in real life. And he touched the leper. He said, I am willing, be clean. And it says immediately the leprosy left him. And then later on, we see that Jesus is in agony. And this is in the garden. And he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Have you ever been on a hike? Or have you ever done a workout where your sweat, like as you bent over, it was like just pouring off of you? There's actually a condition where you can actually bleed in your sweat. He was physically being crushed by the weight of sin. And it was coming out with sweat that was like great drops of blood. Jesus' body, the body of Christ, was a physical body. And he sweat and he bled and he hurt and he had hunger and he wept. And every time we take communion, every time we take the Lord's Supper, we remember that Jesus left perfection, left the beautiful alliance and closeness of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to come down and move into the neighborhood with us. It says, then Pilate took Jesus and he had him flogged. There was a moment where Jesus, as they whipped him with this whip that had nine tails and was, was glued on it rock and glass and all kinds of sharp objects and it tore into his back. When we take the Lord's Supper, we remember that Jesus suffered physically, just like we suffer physically. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. And they gave him gall and vinegar. He thirsted. Have you ever been thirsty? you ever really been thirsty? i just talking about it now. i got to have a drink of water. He's thirsty. Do you ever think about that when you think about God? That God in Christ was thirsty. He sweat drops of blood. His skin was obliterated through a cat of nine tails. 
Judean thorns crushed on his brow. He wept at Lazarus' funeral. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. You probably, most of you are probably familiar with the story. A, a mom had just put her daughter to bed and was laying down and dozing off to sleep. And all of a sudden, she felt this little hand on her shoulder. And she looked over and her daughter was no longer in her room, but she had come into the mom's room. And she said, Mommy, I'm scared. And the mom said, oh, honey, it's, it's okay. And she got up dutifully and walked her daughter back into her room and laid her in the bed. And the daughter said, but mommy, I'm scared. And she said, it's okay, sweetie. Jesus is with you. And so she went back to her room and laid down. And pretty soon she felt two eyes staring at her. And she opened her eyes and her little daughter was back in the room again. None of you can probably relate to this. And she says, Mommy, I'm scared. I'm still scared. And she says, Honey, it's, it's okay. She got her back up, took her back in her room, laid her back down, prayed with her, and said, See, Jesus is here with you. And then she went back, got in her bed. And the third time, <laughs> she felt her bed move and noticed her daughter was trying to snuggle up next to her. And she says, Sweetie, why are you back in here? I told you, you don't have any reason to be afraid. Jesus is with you. And the little girl looked at her mommy and says, but I want someone with skin on. Don't we all? Don't we all want someone with skin on to touch us when we're hurting? To shake our hands when we're greeted? To give us a hug when we're in pain? Touch is so powerful. Scientists have proven that babies that are not touched do not do so well in life. There's something about touch. There's something about Jesus literally coming in the flesh. That's, that's part of the reason we remember communion that's part of the reason that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. He wanted us never to forget that he loved us so much that he came here to be with us, to experience what we experience. We have a high priest that in all ways was tempted like we are, and yet without sin. In all of that, in all of his physical, in all of his humanity, he never sinned, which qualified him as perfection and we had to have perfection to gain perfection back. And that's what Jesus did. It says, then they took the body of Jesus and they wound it in linen clothes with spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. And finally, his body, his physical body, at some point on the cross, as he's trying to breathe, because that's how most people died on the cross, is they just couldn't. They couldn't, they'd have to pull themselves up to breathe because their lungs would collapse. And at some point, he could no longer breathe. And his lungs gave out. 
He cried his last, into your hands I commit my spirit. Cried out a victory cry and then died. That physical body, just like ours, gave out. But in doing so, he secured our salvation for all those who would believe. You see, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, wounds, we have been healed. And I know Jesus is here with me, but I want someone with skin on. Right? Little girl crying out, I need to touch someone. I need to feel that they're there. That's what Jesus did for us. He came. But that's not, that's not all. See, the body of Christ also means something else in the scriptures. It means the his, historical, physical body of Jesus. But it also means you and me. You see, it's the ongoing story of Jesus being born in you and me. That, that's also what the body of Christ represents. The scripture says it like this. And Jesus is the head of the body, which is what? The church. The body of Christ is also the church. It's you and me. If I were to ask you, how long did Jesus live on this earth? You'd probably say 33 years. And yet I would tell you that's not true. It wasn't just a 33-year window where Jesus was physically alive on this planet. But actually, Jesus is being born in all of us right now. That's why he came. That's why he lived, died, and rose again so that the Spirit of God could be in us and his life could come out of us. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And this is Saul. Remember Saul? Saul, uh, you know, he became Paul, but formerly the artist known as Saul. Saul. Saul was a persecutor of who? Who? Christians, the church. But that's not what Jesus says. Let's read on. Suddenly a light shone from, him, from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, go ahead and back it up. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting who? The church? Me. This is Jesus talking. Why are you persecuting me? Not the church, not Christians. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then he, the Lord said, I am Jesus I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. 
Do you see that the incarnation is not just Jesus coming for 33 years, living a perfect life, dying on the cross, rising again, 40 days later, ascends into heaven. But the body of Christ is also you and me. It's us. I like what Teresa of Avila says. She says, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks. Compassion on this world. It's your eyes. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. Yours are his body. Christ has no body but yours. You are the body of Jesus. You remember history, our history books? They talk about the great plague, the the black plague. Happened in the 1300s in Europe. People were dying left and right. As a matter of fact, a third of the population was decimated through the Black Plague. And so naturally, two places were really full, churches and bars. And what happened was people would go into these bars, and and, and people were dying left and right, remember. People would go into these bars, and they had containers that they would put black pitch in so that the ale would not leak out onto the floor through the, the, what they called a pitcher. That's where we get the, the name pitcher. And they had two sizes. They had a pint and a quart. And people were drinking a lot. And so there was a slate that the bartender had, and he would mark a pint, a quart, a pint. But unscrupulous bartenders would run up the tab. And so you had to mind your P's and Q's. That's where that comes from. You had to mind your, your pints and your quarts to keep track of everything. And so what they discovered when there were so many bodies that were dying... The, the church started pulling up the coffins so that they could put more bodies in the coffins because they were literally running out of space to put people. And to their horror, 25% of the coffins had scratch marks on them. And what they didn't know was that that pitch that was in the container was leaching into the ale and it would cause you to go into a coma. And so they started to discover that people were drinking this ale, and then they were going home, and then they were dying, only they weren't really dead, they were in a coma. And so for three days, people would jump around and celebrate and make noise to try to wake them. That's where we get the term wake. And if they didn't wake up, they would bury them. 
And when they buried them, they buried them in the graveyard. And they put a hole into the ground that went into the coffin, and they attached a string to the wrist of the person that was dead, and they put that string all the way up and attached it to a bell. And so the people that were working the graveyard shift, if they heard a bell, they knew someone was alive and they would dig them out. And so it was very possible for you to be walking down the street and all of a sudden someone had been saved by the bell and you see the person that you watched them bury a week ago walking down the street. This happened a lot. They were called dead ringers. Do you understand? They look so much like the person we just buried. Oh, but they're a dead ringer. They've been saved by the bell by someone working the graveyard shift. That's what we're supposed to be as the church. Dead ringers. We've been saved by the bell. Jesus has saved us. And we're supposed to look so much like him, they go, I can't tell. Is that Jesus or is that Steve? See, I thought we buried Jesus, but uh, he looks alive to me. That's the body of Christ. When we partake of communion, we remember that the body of Christ symbolizes Jesus' literal physical body coming, but that it's... His body is still alive as His Spirit is being born in you and me. And we are living out His love, His purpose, His mission, His calling, going into all the world, preaching the gospel, raising up disciples, loving people unconditionally. We're dead ringers for Jesus. It was His physical, historical body it is Jesus being born in you and me, the church. But the body of Christ, third, it represents actually communion, the Lord's Supper. Symbolically, the body of Christ represents the Lord's Supper. It says this in the Scriptures, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, which we are about to do. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. Eat it. This is my body. Now, is it literally his body? No. Jesus used metaphor and symbolism all the time. But he's saying, symbolically, this is my body. This is the body of Christ. And we actually get to touch it. You see, the ritual that the Lord gave us is something very earthy, very physical. The one thing he left us was something physical to remember that he came literally in the flesh. He could have had us, you know, 
just pray. He could have had us, you know, read the scripture. He could have had us, which we should do all of those things. But the ritual he gave us was to ingest, to take in the body of Christ. You see, food nourishes us. And this is a reminder that Jesus, his life in us is to nourish us, to strengthen us, to empower us. As we reflect and remember who he is, it is to empower us to be dead ringers, to live a life that others would look at us and say, that's just not normal. Who would do that? And that's your opportunity to say, actually, Jesus would. He would do that. He would love you like that. Physically, historically, the body, the church, but also the Lord's Supper is symbolically Jesus' body that nourishes us. And so as we partake of this cup today, and this bread. And let's finish reading. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So, what is communion? As we turn that diamond and look at the facet today, it's the incarnation. It's Jesus moving into the neighborhood, becoming flesh. It's Jesus living a perfect life, which the unleavened bread represents an, a perfect life. Shedding his blood for us, he physically shed his blood as a sacrifice for us to gain back what we'd lost. But beyond that, it's you and I. It's leaving this place with Jesus inside of us making a difference, a kingdom difference in the world. You see, it'd be easy to just wait till Jesus returns, but Jesus says, no, bring the kingdom now. I don't want to have this escapist mentality that now the world can go to hell in a handbasket because Jesus is coming and I can't wait. And No, there's people that need him now. Friends, neighbors, family members, enemies there's people that need the love of Jesus now and so this morning as we partake of communion may we hold those things close to our heart and reflect on them would you just bow your heads for a minute the Lord's Supper is a time to reflect remember and replicate the life and death of Jesus. Lord, may we somehow, through receiving of this bread and this cup, taste on our tongues once again the power of your forgiveness and love. May your Holy Spirit nourish us for our individual and collective callings as we receive communion today. We love you, Jesus. We're so thankful that you came and that you're still here in us. Empower us now. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Here's how we're going to do it today. We have three tables. Ushers are going to come forward and they're going to just dismiss you by row. Um, but in the meantime, I want to invite you to just stand up. Go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. And we're going to worship. And when it's your time to go, I invite you just to come. We're going to have people, and they can go ahead and come up to the tables that will serve you communion. And then I encourage you to take your elements and go back to your seat. And whenever you feel led, because the Bible says to reflect, to not be quick to take it, but to reflect, to confess if necessary, to forgive if you have bitterness in your heart. Don't take it in an unworthy manner. But each of your rows will be dismissed, and I invite you to come, take it back. Whenever you feel led, go ahead and take it. There will be no moment where we all take it together, but rather, I'd rather you do it individually as you feel led. And then we'll just spend the rest of our time worshiping Jesus, who is worthy of all honor, glory, and praise. Amen. Amen.